Welcome, this is Leading with Spirit, the show that gives you an in-depth look at topics like what it takes to navigate your spiritual journey, how to heal yourself and grow your spiritual gifts, and balanced practices to expand your business and your spiritual leadership. I'm your host, Spirit Bird, shamanic teacher, healer, and author, here to guide you on your journey to becoming your most potent spiritual leader. Have you been hearing the call to expand your spiritual gifts and step into your next level of conscious leadership? If you're a coach, healer, or a spiritual leader, you can learn more about Shaman School and growing your spiritual business on our website, HoltonHealingArts.com, or send me a DM at Holton Healing Arts. What is the single most important thing that you can do for your business? Today, I want to break down the three facets of developing a spiritual business and the one most important thing that you can do to ensure your work is successful and you have fun while you're doing it. <laughs> Very important parts of building a business. So um, before we dive in, uh, I want to share that um, the first facet of this, of course, is getting clarity and a vision for yourself. And um, today I'm not going to dive a lot into that. Um, you might have already done some of this work already. If you haven't, um, or even if you have, but you're ready for the next level, um, go ahead and shoot me, uh, subscribe to my podcast and send in a quick review and then DM me or shoot me an email. And I want to share with you um, my spiritual business kit and it includes the 10 spiritual and shamanic tools that I've used every time I grew myself and my business. And part of that, um, that guide includes some of the specifics to help you get clear for your vision for yourself. Um, really important part of the foundation of building a spiritual business. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that today. We're going to move beyond that um, for our listeners that have already done a lot of that work. Um, so let me just jump into the second facet here, which is a vision for your clients. Also very important in building a successful business and also having fun doing it. Because if you're clear for your vision for your clients, then you're also going to be working with the right clients for you you're going to be a lot happier. They're going to be a lot happier. The business is going to be a lot happier um, and things will feel pretty good. Um, so when it comes to getting clear with the vision for your clients, what you want to focus on, and you can you know, keep this in your awareness or you can journal on this or whatever you need to do that helps you bring the information from your head into the 3D, um, is to feel into what problem do you help your clients solve, right? What problem do you help them solve? So this isn't so much about how you work or the fancy things that you do or the tools that you use, um, but it's more about having a really clear picture of the tangible ways their life will be better or the problems that they're experiencing will be better um, by working with you. So I always like the phrase, you know, what keeps them up at night? What's sort of this like nagging thing that's in their head all the time? Um, so for example, um, a few of the things that people experience from working with me, um, they tend to, their gifts tend, tend to wake up, their, you know, spiritual gifts tend to wake up and grow. Their awareness increases like hyper fast. 
They start to have bigger and louder dreams. They remember their dreams, their dream life, and their waking life interact more directly. Um, They definitely grow self-trust. This is just sort of like a natural side effect of being around me and being in my container. But that's not actually a tangible problem that I solve. Most people aren't like, man, I wish that my I could increase my awareness. If only, you know, I could, um, my dreams were bigger. Well, some of us wonder about that. But, you know, most of the people, like, that's not like a really big, deep problem that we are sitting with, right? So we want to start to get clear about what is the tangible problem that I solve for my clients. This is part of being connected to the vision that I have for the people that I work with. And so what I do is I help healers grow their gifts and their confidence to step into the next level of their spiritual work, either by creating a business, creating a new offer in their current business, or bringing their teachings to the community or their place of work to help evolve it, right? And I know them really well because um, because I'm them. <laughs> I know what it's like to be kept up at night by thoughts like, um, like I know that there's some freaking purpose here. Like I can feel the deeper purpose or calling and it's sort of hard to describe and vague, um, but I know that it's there and that it means something and I don't know what to do with it or how to do it. Sometimes, I mean, I remember feeling like I know that I have some, I mean, at the time I didn't even think of them as like gifts, but I knew that I had some capacities or experiences that also felt like they meant something. They weren't just like for no reason that I would get psychic messages or prophetic dreams. Um, You know, like I knew that there was something to that, but it was sort of hard sometimes because it felt like, um, what am I supposed to do with these in a world that really does not care at all about that, you know, or maybe can't even see me or understand me, right? I struggled for a long time with um, feeling ashamed for wanting to make money doing healing work. Um, And then when I realized I did want to do healing work and my permission field opened up for me to actually offer stuff, um, then I started feeling bad about charging money for it. (laughs) I felt like I would be everything I hated if I actually charged money, especially good money for it. Um, I actually remember when I was starting to put my formal business together, I was offering it through word of mouth and sort of without a concrete offer container um, and really indirectly for a long time. And then when I started to put a formal business together, I was at home visiting my family for over the holidays. And I woke up one morning like super triggered um, ended up just crying to my dad, I'm like this adult woman crying to my dad because it physically hurt me at the idea of charging money for my healing work. So I know what that feels like and have moved through that territory too. And I've learned a lot about myself and about money and about um, helping people heal, right? But I remember exactly what that feels like. I also remember mm, wondering, like, what if I, like, actually don't? Like, I feel like I know. I feel like I can trust myself. But what if I actually can't? And I end up 
hurting someone. You know, like I definitely don't want to hurt somebody. So maybe it's better for me to not do anything. <laughs> I definitely knew I had that higher calling, but I, um, you know, I was scared of what it might mean because I knew it was going to mean some changes in my life and some changes in my business. And there's like the typical things with like, well, what if I take a risk and I fail? The bigger piece, honestly, was like, what if I actually am an amazing healer? What if this is actually who I am? What if I'm actually here to be a spiritual leader? Because I think that scares me the most. <laughs> but all of these fears and beliefs I was struggling with um, and struggling through, I healed and continued to heal and worked through. And the layer after that, and the layer after that, and the layer after that, right? So this is one of the reasons that I created Shaman School, both to share my unique knowledge of navigating spiritual realms, which is definitely one of my favorite things to do, and possibly one of my geniuses, <laughs> and, um, and to help healers feel confident, to trust themselves, and learn how to navigate the sometimes tricky, definitely ever-changing waters of offering healing work, of doing spiritual work in the world. Um, sometimes it's a mind fuck. <laughs> Being able to stay present and clear when layers are peeling back, when time is folding over, <laughs> when there are mirrors and entanglements everywhere. Being able to stay present and clear is challenging, and we need tools to get through that. So, you know, knowing what I was struggling with and what I went through was part of the vision uh, that I wanted to bring to the people that I work with, right? And the bottom line is I help healers deepen their practice and their spiritual understanding. I help them grow their spiritual gifts and learn how to apply them so they can have a business that supports them doing work that they came here to do or doing work that they love. And in the game of playing small or trying to be someone else, which I am still working on myself. And I actually help build that business or get the next offer out there that is, you know, um, bursting at the seams that is ready to come out of them. Right. This is the vision for my students. And so it's really important that you get extra clear about that. This is, again, how you'll have better results for the people you're working with. This is how your clients are going to enjoy the process more. This is how you're going to enjoy the process more. And this is one of the other foundations with having a successful business. If you aren't clear about who you work for and the vision that you want to bring or provide for those people, then um, it's just it's not necessarily going to fail, but it's not going to get a lot of traction and you might have to work harder than is necessary. So do the work up front. Definitely do the work up front on getting clear for yourself, getting clear for the vision for your students. But all of this, this is the vision for my students, but it's different than the vision for my business which is the third facet I want to talk about today. So of course, the number one thing you can do to ensure success for your spiritual business is have vision. That means vision for yourself, which is different than vision for your clients, which is also different than the vision for your business. 
And you have to have all of these to have a sustainable business. Um, I did a master's program with uh, CIIS, California Institute of Integral Studies, years ago. And one of the things that I remember from that program in transformational leadership um, was we spent quite a bit of time exploring social entrepreneurship, something that I definitely resonated with. And so this is the idea of like, how can we create a business that also solves a social issue, right? Instead of just having like straight capitalism, where it's just about gaining income, we want to both gain income and solve a problem, right? And that's always been really important to me because I care a lot about social change. And so I can say from experience that if you don't have that clear vision for yourself and your business, you will definitely get stuck in self-doubt. You know, you'll constantly wonder if you're doing things for the right reasons. You know, you'll be um, questioning your integrity and your ethics if you don't have that clear why. And this is definitely not a fun place um, to be as an entrepreneur, (laughs) to be questioning yourself. It's already hard enough being an entrepreneur to be questioning yourself um, in the process is extra shady, not fun. So so this is something that I'm sharing because um, definitely having the why as being part of Creating a business is something that I've experienced through coaching and programs. You know, it's like not some shock to like be, you know, like have a purpose behind your your um, ideas to help motivate you and keep you aligned and connected. And this is a place where I've noticed that I don't hear a lot of talk about. Like people will include it with like, what's the vision for your business? But we don't really hear it a lot in coaching programs or, um, you know, like spiritual programs or business programs. Um, Or when we do, it's sort of like just brushed over really quickly, but it's super important. Like you want to know um, what problem do you see in the industry that you're working with at large? Like what is something that you keep seeing reflected in the industry and it frustrates you Um, that maybe you don't buy into or you don't actually believe in, right? Because this is definitely related to whatever societal problem um, that you want to change and that your program will change. I've sort of hinted at this in the last couple of episodes, um, but one of my, well, really my main vision is to um, equalize healers in all the ways. I would very much like to change the way that people talk about spiritual workers And also the way healers talk about other healers. That's super important to me. Um, It's also tricky to me because I can see, I can see the both ends of the spectrum here. That's what I do. I see all of, all of the ideas and I see value in all of the things. So um, there's a way that I really believe that a lot of people are jumping in and they don't, they actually aren't ready and they are doing harm. And it's important to maintain integrity and important to maintain some traditional views and important to have respect for um, those that really have trained for a long time. You know, it's really, it's, it's hard to 
watch somebody who has spent like 15 years um, working and investing in their training and going through the shit, you know, um, really doing the deep work and then have somebody pop up that has done like a weekend workshop and, you know, say they do the same thing and they, and they just don't, you know. And at the same time, I'm so tired of people that have had a longer journey or have been working longer or harder, um, looking down on other people and looking down on other healers and spiritual workers. Yeah. So yeah, let me break this down a little bit more because I feel like it is important to say And I just also want to name that there's part of me that kind of wants to hide from this belief because I know not everybody will agree with me. And I definitely don't need everybody to agree with me. Um, And yeah, there's a way I kind of want to hide this um, because I know that people will definitely misinterpret what I mean, but I'll share some more. So I really believe that there's a lot of amazing healers out there that are like literally frozen because they think they aren't supposed to be one. They think that they're supposed to be chosen, that they couldn't possibly be so special as to be one. And this is partially from tradition, and this is partially from rhetoric, and this is partially from other healers that think they're better than other healers and feel like you're not allowed to say that you want it or think that you're supposed to be it. And then it would just happen, you know? And sometimes that's true. Sometimes it does just happen. But a lot of times it also, it requires some of your engagement, you know, and the same is true for spiritual gifts that they're either given or they aren't, um, is part of the rhetoric. And I just actually don't agree because I believe spiritual gifts are part of human capacity. They're part of our senses. And yeah, some people come in with certain capacities more heightened. Some people just like are born to this life, like more heightened in their spiritual sense, but it doesn't actually mean that it can't be taught because these, the spiritual gifts as human capacities aren't actually more important or more special than other human capacities and skills like kindness and communication, like compassion and caregiving. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to be the best at them or that their whole life is going to be devoted to using them, Um, nor does it mean that um, they can't be taught. It doesn't mean that learning about how they work in your life will look the same for each person, but they can be taught if somebody actually wants to learn. Um, because they're part of being human. So we're available to them. And really for folks that um, maybe would be, would really struggle opening up some of these capacities, they're probably not going to be drawn to it anyway, you know? So if you're drawn to it, then there's a good chance that you're available to learn. Um, Another part of equalizing healers that I think is important is, of course, um, helping us to realize our own value and own it. That we uh, should get paid. That we should get paid. It's okay to get paid. That like this whole like shaming healers for charging for their time and energy and skill and work 
is like BS. I'm just like, so I'm not even going to actually spend time talking about that because I'm very over that. Um, and so that we should get paid is important. And also what's important is um, that healers are actually not more important than other roles in society. It's part of the equalization. That healers are actually, healers deserve to get paid. And they're also not more important than parents and teachers or know, hospitality workers or um or pilots or something, you know, like they all have, we each have our own role in society. And um, although there's value in it, um, it doesn't make us like better or more important or more special than others. And this just comes back to all of that old rhetoric that's lingering around who can be a healer and who can't. Um, and we have lots of really gifted people out there covering up, covering up the call that they're hearing or thinking they're not supposed to ask for help. Um, that their path has to look like other spiritual teachers or the way other people do it in order for it to be true or for it to be real. And then, you know, from like inside the business, we have a bunch of spiritual workers putting down other spiritual workers to sort of like maintain their hierarchy that they're better. Well, it's usually either to maintain the hierarchy that they're better so that they can feel more safe or that other people are bad for doing the thing that they haven't actually given themselves permission to do. Like they actually still doubt themselves and don't trust themselves enough to like formally offer their work or be part of the system or charge money or whatever it is. And so they're, instead of working on that piece in them, they're just actually going to put other people down. And like really nobody is better. Like some people are more skilled for sure. Definitely there are like levels to skills and experience, right? But we also all have different paths and different things to teach. So some of us are more developed in certain areas and some of us aren't, but it's not the point for us all to be all developed in all the areas necessarily, Um, not to mention, you know, where you're working as a healer and what you're learning and the role you're playing is also always changing and moving. That's not like a stationary thing or like you get to this point and this is just the role you play. That's part of the cycle. It's always changing and moving. Another part of this vision of equalizing healers is there's also this belief that to be a healer or a medicine person or a shaman means we have to drop everything and leave our life behind. And then what keeps happening is we end up keep trying to leave our lives behind for the spiritual world, but life doesn't actually stop, you know? And so we end up almost like creating like more separation and like more trauma where we like keep going to these extreme experiences to try to like force ourselves into becoming that medicine person when actually what's um, being asked is to bring the spiritual experiences into the ordinary, not leave them to go to the spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. So right alongside that, we also have beliefs that spiritual work isn't valuable, right? And so this is a um, belief by a lot of healers that the general public feels that way, that it's actually better to invest in business strategies and systems 
when actually here again, it's including the spiritual that makes our business better, that makes our systems better. It's not just about strategy. It's not just about data. That stuff is definitely important. It should also be included. Definitely should still be included, right? But there's a way that we look at like the external person of like who is the authority in this thing and what did they do? And, um, you know, if I do what they do, then my business will be successful. And it's just not about that. You know, the deeper work is really that personal work. So this is part of also including the spiritual with everything else, that actually doing that inner work, that personal healing work, um, understanding your spiritual journey is a huge part of growing your business. That is not about chasing some spiritual idea of who you should be or waiting for the system to change so you can finally be who you are or be more spiritual. Um, it's not about being spiritual in one part of your life and then bottling it up and being someone different in the other part of your life. It's including the spiritual and who you already are and also bringing who you are into places in your life and in the system um, that you're avoiding. It's a big part of the spiritual journey. And that's what helps us step into our next layer of growth and leadership. Being the person who does that is what opens the permission field for others. That's part of being a spiritual leader. It's what makes the change, being the person that does it, that goes where you don't want to go, you know? So um, a little bit of a tangent there, but the vision, so coming back to the vision, so the vision of Holton Healing Arts, the vision for my business is to help people grow their gifts, and bring them into their lives as a regular part of interacting and as a daily tool in our work and our family life. And I happen to be especially interested and passionate about how that can help us grow our business. And I love helping people learn how to do that. And also I am learning how to do that myself. So circling back around, the single most important thing you can do for your business is to have clear vision. Vision for yourself, vision for your clients, vision for your business. And just to be clear that your vision for your business doesn't actually have to be like directly related to what your vision, what your business teaches. It's for me anyway, it's more of a side effect. Sometimes it's directly related, but oftentimes it won't be. And that's that's totally normal and it's okay. And if you are feeling that purpose, um, but you're not really clear on what it is, then get support. You can't skip over this step. And it's definitely worth investing in finding your purpose and aligning with your vision, aligning with who, figuring out, getting clear about what your gifts are and who you're here to help with, help them. Um, and just some um, tips or advice for this place um, when it comes to trying to find your next move for really getting clear about that for yourself, for getting support and stepping into that newer version of yourself. Follow your excitement. What makes you ex- excited and inspired? 
You know, it might be a book. It might be a program. It might be a person. It might be a different job. I don't know. It might be a new home. Maybe it's my shaman school. <laughs> right? But you definitely want to follow your excitement because that means something. It is leading you for sure. It's leading you. And of course, like excitement and fear are very similar. So what I started to notice when I got excited about an idea, usually fear was like immediately behind it. So just know if you feel that, if you feel that excitement followed by fear, um, that it might be the best choice for you. It probably is the best choice for you. If you're not a little bit scared, you maybe aren't doing the right thing. (laughs) So you know, follow your excitement. What do you want to learn more about? Even if it doesn't feel like it relates directly to what might be profitable or might be, you know, like a practical move, like what excites you and inspires you will for sure make its way into all of the other parts of your life. And pursuing these things is what awakens your vision. You'll learn things about what you want there. Yeah. And, you know, as you build and grow your business, it's also possible or likely that your vision might change over time, which is also okay, but you still have to know your why and embody it. That supports your clients in the best way. This brings the right people to your work. This makes your company sustainable because it will stay focused on a vision outside of yourself. (laughs) And if you're like a normal, compassionate person, um, that's part of the, that's one of the challenging parts of growing a business where you're a solopreneur or where you're selling basically the work that you do is it can feel a little bit weird because you're like, oh, it's not really about me. So great. So then be focused on what the vision of the company is. And then it won't matter if you happen to be the face of that thing, because that's actually not what it's about. You'll also grow a lot faster because you'll be focused on something that motivates and inspires you. Right? Yeah, that work isn't about you. It's about the vision that you carry. So feel it in your body. And the more specific, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so thanks for joining me today. Again, just as a reminder, we are still running the special for um, the Spiritual Business Kit Um, So go ahead and subscribe and jot down a quick review for me. Send me a screenshot or email me. Let me know you did it so that I can track you. You'll get my spiritual business kit with the 10 tools that I've used each time I grew my business for free. I'll send that over to you. And also you'll be entered to win the Foundations for um, Shamanism course. It's my self-study course to help you get started in your journey with shamanism, or if you're already started in in shamanism, it will help bring the tools forward and um, show you how to use them in your life so that you can build the life that you want. Mm -hmm. Again, thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned. We've got a member query coming up and I will see you next week. Bye-bye for now. Welcome to today's member query episode where we explore questions about spiritual paths, intuitive gifts, growing a spiritual business, and shamanism. Do you have a question for us? Send us a DM at Holton Healing Arts. For our question today from one of our audience members, the question is, how do we find our calling? Um, 
Yeah, such a big, important question. And something that I think a lot of us can actually spend way more time on, like questioning in the mind when actually we know um, what the answer is. A lot of times we don't know what it looks like, but we know what it feels like. So, you know, following your excitement um, will also will always help you get more connected with your calling. And also um, having, I find that immersing yourself in experiences that help you get to try on different parts of who you are that get you to test parts of your gifts and what you do always help you get clear about what your calling is because you'll start to get very clear about who you want to work with, who you don't want to work with, what problems you help people work with, what you definitely don't want to mess around with. Um, All of those things become clear when you immerse yourself in a program that gives you experience versus just information or knowledge. So that's a huge part of the process as well. And lastly, one of the things that I think is a huge clue for your calling, because oftentimes the work that we do or like the formal offers that we put out or the jobs that we do um, aren't a direct teaching of what our calling is. Our calling is more of a byproduct of offering work. So what I encourage people to consider, what I um, encourage my students to do is Think about what people experience, other people experience, just as a result of being in your presence. Like, has that been reflected back to you? Do people tell you something over and over and over again that you seem to open up for them or give them? Because that is a pretty clear view into what your calling actually is. How you execute that calling um, might be the next step after that, but first you want to get clear about your calling. Oftentimes it's the thing that we're learning to do for ourselves is something that we do very well for others. So a couple tips to help you get clearer for yourself about what your calling is. Thanks for again for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading with Spirit. If you did, please share the link for this episode with your biggest takeaway, tagging me at Holton Healing Arts. It would also support me if you subscribed and left a rating and review of the show so we can support more people living their highest purpose. Until next time, journey on.